Here we go, yeah. We're trying to explain the last rule of the Mishnah. We're on 67b, all the way at the bottom, three lines from the bottom. The last rule of the Mishnah, uh, that was the Mishnah on Samach Vav, 66b, uh, what, not the last rule, the third rule, uh, was that if there's Kol Mishaino Love Kedushin, anyone who you can't marry, meaning that you propose to your mother, marry me, and you give her a ring, and you get down and you say, please, and she takes the ring from you. You're not married to your mother, and you're not married to your daughter, and you're not married to your sister. And there's a whole list of forbidden relations that even if they accept your marriage proposal, that's not, you're not married to them at all. Now, if somebody's physical with them and has a child, the child will be a mamzer. That was the rule of the Mishnah. And so our question was, the Torah doesn't speak it out by every single one that you can't be married to them. It only mentions uh, really by the, uh, the, your wife's sister um, that mentions it there. And our question was, how do we learn, um, how do we know that all the other forbidden relations... And uh, another, I mean, it sounded a little shocking to us, but how do you know that you can't marry someone who used to be married to someone else and didn't get divorced? If they accept a proposal from you, maybe that's like they're dumping their husband or whatever. How do you know that it doesn't work? She's still married to the previous husband. That How do you know that you can't marry... I mean, if marriage is, is an act of Kenyan, where you give them a Shevapruta and they accept, so how do we know that none of these work? Where, where does the Mishnah get it from? And so we explained yesterday that if some of the sources, we wouldn't necessarily know all of them. For example, uh, your brother's wife, since under certain circumstances you're allowed to marry her, in fact, there's a mitzvah to marry her under her, so how would you know that? And... and uh, also, the fact that a, a woman who's married to another man is forbidden, that doesn't last forever. If the person dies or if he gives her a divorce, then you could have her. So maybe she's not totally forbidden to you. Maybe, maybe if she accepts a proposal, that would be she's accepted your proposal. Maybe that works. So what's the source? So we have the source here, three lines from the bottom. Anybody who does any of these disgusting things, somebody who tries to create a marriage out of a forbidden person who you're not allowed to be married to, it's disgusting. Then and they'll be cut off. And here the Torah compares them all. I would have thought some are less disgusting or more disgusting. No, they're all compared to your wife's sister. You can't be married. You can't be married to them. So now the Gemara says, but there's one problem. There's one of the forbidden relations is even a person's own wife during the time of the month that she's a nida, that she's uh, menstruating, she's forbidden to you. She's an erva. So uh, let, how could you marry a woman during that uh, time of the month? Alama Omar Abai, and or let's say a person has relations with their wife Chasrisholam during that time of the month. If the, just like if you have relations with your mother or your sister, the child's a bastard is a mamzer. So too, if a person then has relations with his Chasrisholam at that time, then the child should be illegitimate. So uh, and why did we learn a kol modem? Everybody agrees. Baval Alanida. Or what about if the wife? 
was a sota, was somebody that uh, he was was suspect that she had strayed uh, and, uh, with another man. Her husband is not supposed to have relations until she drinks. She ain't have lad mamser. Let's say he did. Uh, everybody agrees that if he has really basically with his own wife, he can't create a mamser. That's basically what the rule is. But how do we know it? So Amachiskia, that's different. You're right. You're absolutely right. If the fact that it's a terrible sin um, uh, cre- creates a mamzer, so why doesn't that create a mamzer? The answer is we have a pasuk that tells us it doesn't. Even when she's a nida to hebo havaya, she's still his wife. It's still it's not. It wouldn't create a mamzer. Chavetz Chaim talks about this like it's a little bit of a puzzle. Most people would never consider doing most of the forbidden relations. You know, your sister, unless you're from Alabama or something, or it's the uh, uh, or certain things like what you know, like it's 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 shocking. You know, the uh, uh, that a person would ever consider a forbidden. Rel- but somehow, Nida, uh, at a certain time in history, people stopped thinking of it as being so bad. Um, some people learn that as the original, uh, one of the starts of the big assimilation was when they, they somehow that, you know, people live far away from a mikvah or they, they, did, they thought it was enough to take a bath or they just didn't, it kind of fell out of disuse. It's like really amazing. I don't know if you study these things, uh, you know, people, uh, Shabbos was pretty familiar, but somehow Nido in many communities, um, that was, uh, in some places they didn't have a mikvah. That they say that's like the first thing you need if you ha- want to live as a Jew is you have to have a mikveh even more before you get a shul, you know. Otherwise, how can you have a husband? Or, but somehow it had the bad luck that it uh, people don't think that it's um, well, you know. There were even people that were otherwise would never, nobody would ever consider, you know, marrying their mother or marrying their daughter. But uh, somehow Nida didn't bother them so much. But they're really all of them are in the same category. Once. Once Hashem says they're disgusting and they're abhorrent and they're not what you make a marriage out of, then they're all uh, somewhat equal. But neither doesn't create a mamzer because of this pasuk. Okay, fine. So let's see. You could compare something. Uh, what about all these other forbidden relations? So it comes out that we have uh, nida, even though it's very bad, it doesn't create a mamzer. And the other forbidden relations, we learn out from a wife's sister that they would create a mamzer. So we have all the other ones in the middle. You could compare him to Nida, or you could compare it to your wife's sister. So how do we know to say that all the other ones are, are is, is like Achosisha? Maybe we should compare him to Nida, and there shouldn't be a mamzer from all those other ones. So the Gemara answers, You have an option to be strict or to be lenient. Uh, it's, he says it's clear that the Torah we make the the Torah makes the comparison to be machmer to tell you that that um, uh, any of the forbidden relations will create a mamzer. So to be honest, I, I wanted I wanted to research that a little more about this rule exactly. How does that? Sometimes you find the opposite. We go, we minimize here. Somehow we say if you have a leniency and a strictness, you know we gotta throw the book at them. You know that. Uh, uh, we, somehow we should know that it that we're strict over here. That it, the Torah must be telling us um, to uh, that they create a mamzer from all these relations. So somewhat we're on this subject of knowing um, in these cases where a person has um, 
uh, is uh, forbidden to take these women when it creates a mamzer or not. Rabbi Chomer. He says we can learn it out from Yavama. He says, my Yavama Shuhu Balav. Is it a, uh, a Yavama, the Torah says, is, is for, is should not marry another man other than her husband's brother until she gets Yivmor Chalitza. And if she were to take another man, they would be over Alav. Uh, and if another man were to marry her, Lotosa Bekadushin, it wouldn't work. Chayve Krisis, these other types of forbidden relations are not as severe as a widow. The Yavama at the end of the day is a widow. I mean, she's not married. Her husband died. She's just waiting for the husband's brother to make a decision. And, but if she didn't wait, uh, the, it's just a law that the Torah says she can't marry anybody else. So chayve misis, chayve krisis, o koshikain. Certainly, all the other things that are even more forbidden, basically, marriage is, is, a, is an act of holiness. Hashem is the glue, the third partner in a marriage. So if you're not supposed to be married, uh, maybe they, they shouldn't be able to contract a marriage. You shouldn't be able to uh, be married to a person unless Hashem agrees that uh, they're capable of having a marriage between these two people. So then the Gemara says, well, if you're going to take it that way, so what about the Chayve Lavin? What about those cases where it's just a small sin, so to speak? We'll only whip the daylights out of you if you do it. We won't kill you. Uh, it's just a small little... Um, I actually knew a Kohen who married a divorcee. I didn't, never understood. But he was religious. That was the shock that I had. Like, you know, I, I, I just didn't fully get that. But... Uh, uh, but uh, they may have annulled her mar- previous marriage or something goofy like that. Isn't that how they can rig it up? There was a convert, so that it wasn't a divorcee. Uh, you're right, a divorcee, oh, oh, like you could. Uh, a Cohen's not supposed to marry a you know a convert. That's like oh, us in that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't. I don't. I never. He, he went back in her lineage and found. Uh, <laughs> he traced her. Yeah, <laughs> they they actually say that their neshama was at Harsinai, You know, of oh, a convert. That that's yeah. a good point. That's that's a deeper. Uh, um, <laughs> Right, right. right. But, um, uh, but really what we're saying is, is that if Hashem doesn't agree to the marriage, then it creates a mamzer. So why is it that Chayve Lavin uh, doesn't create a mamzer? That's what we're trying. And we have that in Pirkei Avos, like really, it's, it's, a person isn't supposed to say, well, this is very strict. And this is, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't go by the book. So why is it that Chayve Lavin um, you could be married to? God said not to marry them. So the answer is, you're right. In logic, one, if, I mean, if we want to take this to the extreme, just like you can't marry your sister, you can't marry your mother, you can't marry um, the whole list over there, you can't marry your aunt or whatever, you can't marry, so too, uh, you shouldn't be able, the coin shouldn't be able to marry a divorcee, or you shouldn't be able to marry an uh, Egyptian convert, first generation, or you shouldn't be able to marry uh, a Moabite. Uh, no, a, a Moab man should be able to marry a, a Jewish woman. So, because uh, they also go against Hashem's will. The answer is, you're right, but the Pusik says that you're wrong, that in Lukai Ve'lavin you could contract a marriage. Where's that Pusik? So, this is the Pusik that gets interesting. It doesn't say it directly, and that's why we have another half a page to discuss it a little bit. It says like this, A man could have two wives, one, the one that he loves and the one that he hates. I don't know why he took a wife that he hates. The Torah is really telling you you shouldn't have two wives. This person really 
Oh, I love everybody equally. It doesn't always work that way. But at any rate, the kiyesh sinua, uh, it implies that one of them, it's not even that he hated, one that God hates. The kiyesh sinua There's no such thing as God hating anybody. God loves everybody. That's, a, that's just a lesson in and of itself. So what does it mean, lo- love and then hate? So Mora said, and not only that, a husband has to love all, has to love his wife. You know, he has no choice. So what does it mean, It must be telling us there's the marriage that is perfectly good for him to have, and then there was the one that God did, that the Torah tells us he's not supposed to marry. So evidently, there are women who you're not supposed to marry who you could marry. That's the proof that the Gemara wants to bring. So uh, Senua Benusa, that it, you, it's hated, a hated type of marriage. The Rachmana, and the Torah says, even though you weren't supposed to kisiyano, it's possible to have it. So we see that there's a category of women who you're not supposed to marry, who, but if you do, it worked, like that Kohen who married the convert, or like the uh, person who marries a uh, Egyptian convert first generation, or um, uh, there are other kinds. person takes back his ex-wife after she married someone else. That's a, uh, actually, that's not uh, right, right. That would be a good example. Torah says if, the, if a person gets divorced and the wife marries someone else in between, he's not supposed to take her back. So if he takes her back, he's going against what Hashem said. But he, if he, they're married, even though he wasn't supposed to, right? So... Um, uh, and we have the other category of the sister and the mother where they're not married at all. So um, uh, that, that's what we see, that it, there is a category of forbidden marriages that are less forbidden than others. Again, you, you, get, you will whip the daylights out of you if we have a base in and we give you a warning, but you are married to them. So fine, that's how we solve the puzzle of these two categories. And, and, and this is the truth. A person, there are some mar- women that you're not supposed to marry, and if you marry them, you'll, you know, the, the, that you're considered married. And then there are some women, if you marry them, they're not married. It's not a marriage at all. So, uh, but this works like the opinion that we're going in. But Rebbe Akiva says, no, he doesn't agree. He says, Kedushin tosin lavin. He says, you can't marry the chayve lavin. A person couldn't marry their, their divorced wife who married someone else in between. A Kohen couldn't marry a convert. A Kohen couldn't marry a divorced woman. So, so how does he learn the Pasuk? So the answer is he's going to have to learn that that Pasuk, a guy that has the loved and the hated wife, must be talking about the Kohen Gadol. Uh, there is an opinion that there is one no-no that doesn't create a mamzer. That's if a, a Kohen Gadol takes a widow. And it is a little different. It's not that there's intrinsically something wrong with a Kohen marrying a widow. It's the Kohen Gadol, because he has this job, he has a higher requirement. So should he ignore that rule, it won't create a mamzer. It's a different category. Uh, where do you see this rule? The Tadir is, men I call high Rebbe said, that, oh, anybody does forbidden stuff, they create a mamzer. That's the one exception. How does he know that? The Torah says that if he takes, uh, marries her, he uncoings his kids. But it implies he doesn't mamzer them. In other words, if the Kohen Gadol ignores the rule and marries a, um, uh, a, um, a, a widow, so it implies that he's deconsecrating his kids. But he's not turning them into mamzerim. Mamzerim is worse than being a chalo. Chalo means they're no longer a Kohen. Um, a mamzer means there, there, there's a stigma to it. It's something really wrong. Okay. 
So this works like this one opinion, Rev Simoy. But the problem is there's another opinion. Ula Rev Yishovev. Rev Yishovev, he, he learned Rev Kiva differently. So now our question really is trying to understand Rev Kiva. So um, again, we are going with that there's two categories of forbidden women, Chayve Lavin and Chayve Krisis. Chayve Krisis, you can't marry at all. Chayve Lavin, if you marry, you're married, even though you're not supposed to be. But like Rebbe Kiva, you can't marry Chayve Lavin. So we said, well, Koen Gadol's different. Koen Gadol could marry a widow, even though he's not supposed to. But all the other Chayve Lavin, you can't. But this works only according to one opinion. Rebbe Shovev says, like Rebbe Kiva, he says, Bo, he says, go and scream on Rebbe Kiva ben Yosef. Al-Akiva ben Yosef. He wasn't happy that there were too many Mamzerim. It's almost interesting the way he expressed it. Like, Hashem didn't want to create so many Mamzerim. Like, it's like the, the opinion. Does that cause you to rethink your opinion if it creates uh, chaos? You know, is that the... But that's what he says. He says, go out and scream to Akiva Shahi Omar. Maybe he means... He's not saying that it's wrong. He's just saying, like, think about how terrible it is that, that we've created all these Mamzerim. Koshit... A mamzer is not associated with a Kohen or a Yisrael or Levi. Correct. His own separate Correct. Category. That's right. That's Somebody that came from a, a, a relationship of a husband, and a man and a woman, that went against the rules. Uh, usually it's a married woman that uh, was, or uh, so a woman that was married to another man has a child from a different man. That's the most common. Or if somebody has relations with their mother and creates a child, that would be a mamzer or their right. sister or and any of the forbidden women. So um, he said, Rebbe Kivim and Yosef says, Kosha ain't be a be Israel of Mamzer. He says that, he, that even the Kohen God, as long as the Torah says, don't, don't have relations with a woman and the person does, it creates a Mamzer. So he says, um, he says, um, so he says, um, so he says, when Rebbe Shovev said that he, uh, he was, uh, um, trying to uh, disagree on Rebbe Kiva, was he just excluding him and saying, even in that case, you create a mamzer? Uh, but if he w- was saying that that was the actual reason in Rebbe Kiva, so um, even, basically, even those cases where the Torah doesn't say, thou shall not, but the Torah says, there's some forbidden women where the Torah says, um, it's not forbidden because it says you shouldn't. For example, the third gener- it says by an Egyptian convert, marry the third generation. The third generation can come in. Implies that the first two can't come in. That's Chayve essay. Or it says to a kind gadol, take a basula, take a virgin. Um, so the more it says, So the answer is, he will learn the ba'ula kind gadol. Not in the case of a widow, but in the case of a non-virgin. So, uh, and umaishna, uh, and why is that different? Meshum davile esish ain't shava bakol. Because the Kohen Gadol is the only one who has that essay. For Rabban and Amuke, Bechayve Lav, and Nuke, Chayve essay. How do they know which type of thing is going to create the Mamzer? How do we know to say Chayve Lav and not Chayve essay? So the Morris says, Hani Chayve essay, what are the cases of the Chayve essay where the Torah gives you a positive command not to marry a woman? So, Ishtayim, Mitrius. So, what are the two wives? So, if both wives are Egyptian converts, so you can't marry either one. Iachas, Mitrius, if one is an Egyptian convert and one's a Jewish wife, so it implied, the verse seemed to be talking about similar women. Iba'ula, Koen Gadol, 
it may be one, the, we're talking about a coin gadol, and he had one wife that was a virgin and one wife that wasn't. The verse didn't talk about a Kohen. So, um, Kiva, so, the, um, so how are we going to learn that uh, Parsha where uh, we're talking about a person that could have two wives and one is hated, meaning that it has a wife that he's not supposed to be and that implies that it's, uh, that would fit the meaning of the verse. So the Gemara says, Anashe. He says that, you're right, uh, he's going to have to learn that verse in a doichic way. Uh, it either refers to the Kohen Gadol, uh, that's, even though it didn't say Kohen, or the two Egyptians, even though it, it didn't imply that one was Egyptian, one was not. Um, let's see the Rashi on that. It's three lines from the bottom. We're forced to say that, you're right, that verse, like Revi Kiva, is going to be in a, 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 a forced explanation, is going to have to be in a very limited sense. It, it's not that common that a person has two wives and one of them, he's like everybody else. There, there, it is possible to have a wife who a person's really not supposed to have in a major way, a Chayve Lavin wife. But like Revi Kiva, you can't have it unless you learn a very limited case of a kind Gadol and the, one's a virgin and one's a non virgin. Let's see Rashi. Since the Torah says by Yavama, that you, you, if the Torah says not to marry a certain woman, she can't be married. He's going to learn that uh, regular you can't be married to. And when the Torah says there is, there is some kind of forbidden wife you could have, so it has to be a chayve essay. There's no other category of somewhat forbidden that's not chayve lavin or chayve krisis. It's got to be chayve essay. So the only ones we can come up with, even though those were doichiks, even though those were a little bit forced, because as we said, they, the verse didn't really indicate that. Okay, let's move on. Um, it, we're just saying that Revi Kiva could learn it that way even though it, it, sometimes we would call it like a ukimta. It's like a, the verse didn't really give a hint that it was talking about only that kind of case. But according to Rebbe Kiva, he will have to learn that verse is only talking about that kind of case. Um, it shouldn't bother us so much in Rebbe Kiva. Some people say there was no such thing as a rebellious child uh, that the parents are going to give over to be killed, that it never happened. There's, there's no Jewish mother that's going to say, I give up on my child. It doesn't exist. Uh, so I, why does the Torah mention it? It's because all the lessons are... So if the case is only... If, you, we're talking about coin, if there would ever be a coin gadol, and he would marry one virgin wife and one non-virgin wife, or he married... Or a regular person that married two converts, or one Egyptian convert and one... Reg, you know. So even though it's, it doesn't... It, it's very unusual, it's, it could be that whole set of verses is talking about something that doesn't happen, very, that never happened. You know, that's also unusual. So it's, it's not so forced is what I'm trying to say. There are parshas in the Torah that are there for other lessons, even though it's hard to come up with the exact case. Okay, it's just an interesting... Moving on. So then we get to the final rule of the Mishnah, that if... Uh, if somebody marries... A, uh, a non-Jew or a Canaanite, um, the child has the status of the mother. So how do we know that? So Omer Avuna Omer Kra Shuvu Lechem Poi It says an interesting expression. 
uh, when Yitzchak went to do the Akedah, there were other people that went along on that mission, Yishmol and um, uh, Eliezer, according to many. And uh, you would have thought that he would have brought them to the Akedah to be part of that. It was so spiritual. It was so, uh, but he said, no, stay here with the donkey. I'll be back in a little while. So the question was, why didn't he uh, bring these other people uh, uh, to witness the Akedah? So the verse, uh, there's understood that when he said, stay here with the donkey, that he was hinting to that these people were like donkeys, that uh, they wouldn't get it. To them, they wouldn't appreciate sacrificing your son and to Hashem and spiritual. And I'm a Dormelechamor. They're a nation that's like a Chamor. But they, they also didn't see that cloud over there, right? Right, right. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, that's exactly what the Israelis are saying about the, the Arabs, that there are people like animals. You know, that's, that's I'm a Dormelechamor. A human wouldn't be able to kill a child and take, a, you know, an old person and, uh, you know, that it's. You know, not a threat to them, not hurting anybody, and just go and cause them pain. If they kill a child in front of the mother, you know, like they did things that, that, that the human beings that we're familiar with, how could anybody do such a thing? Jeff Rams, in, in, in his little, uh, he's writing process right now, said, what if we were to use human shields in, as Israel? Would Hamas, would Hamas uh, not bomb uh, where the children and women were? Uh, it's just the opposite. Right, right. So, it, it, um, the truth is, uh, in, in Kabbalah, it talks about there's an animal soul and a spiritual soul, and some people are more animal. Like the, the just by it's not so harsh to say that there are people like a donkey. You know, they're, they're, they don't have that same. Somehow they, they, they don't have that human. Uh, there are peoples like that. Okay, Ashkan de Lotos and Bekadushin. All right, we find you can't marry them, but Vlada Kamoso. But if you have a Jewish father, shouldn't the child be like the father? How do you know it goes by the mother? How do you know it goes to Omar Kra? Because it says, The mother and her children belong to their master. That's if it's a slave woman. How do you know if it's a non-Jew that it goes by the mother? It says, don't marry them. So All right, you're not supposed to marry them. But if you have a baby with them, how do you know whose baby it is? Maybe it should be Jewish because it's half Jewish. Vlada Kamosamanel, and how do you know that it goes after the mother? Omer Yochamishumrushim ben Yochaid Omakrad says like this Ki Yasiris bin Khamehurai. That if you have a, a child from a non, uh, if a, um, a Jewish woman marries a non Jew, the non Jew, um, the child will, uh, the non Jew, the non Jewish father will. Um, train his son to other religions and, and he will take away your Jewish child away from you. Bin Chahabam Yisrael, as long as the mother's Jewish, he is your child. Now, he's got to worry about his non-Jewish father is going to take him away from that. But if the mother's not Jewish, he's not even called your child. In other words, if the father's not Jewish, it's, why does the verse say, we're worried if you have a non-Jewish father whether the child will stay Jewish? But we're not worried if it's a non-Jewish -Jew mother that the child. Why? Because it goes by the mother, and so it's only the 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 mixed marriage that's the the um, the if the mother is Jewish, at least it's your child. We're worried about him, but he is your child. He's Jewish. But if the father is Jewish and not the mother, it's not even your child. It's a total non-Jew. Elabana, it's her child. Omer Avinu Shmami. Now you see from this verse, Ben Bitcha Bamira was coming Kori Bincha. 
your grandchild that comes from a non-Jewish uh, mother is called uh, her child. Name a Kasava Ravino. So let's say from here that Ravino holds Ochav Evan above Bas Yisrael. Now, if he's not your child, uh, and it's a, uh, well, um, if he's not your child, Bas have Vlad Mamzer, so maybe it's a Mamzer. So Lamora says, need the Kasher Lohavi, Mamzer Lohavi. It's not a, it could be that it's, there's somewhere in between, Ipsul Mikri. It's called Puzzle. There is a Rashi. Um, uh, it, it's a, we're used to, you know, we get a mamzer and we get uh, your child. We don't, a puzzle is a little bit, let's see, Rashi. Kishar nolin baveirim echaive lavin, oesish, ain't mamzerim. There's some kind of middle category where it's like, it's a puzzle. It's like not, uh, it's, it's not, not a mamzer, but it's like some, a child is born of a sin uh, that's called a puzzle. And which one is that? That's where the father is not Jewish. Oh, I see. It's called a puzzle. Uh, the but father's it, not Jewish. The mother is Jewish, so the kid follows the mother. Right, but he's called a puzzle. Not entirely. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> not a full fledged Suffolk puzzle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's in between. It's not not a mamzer. It's just called a puzzle. So the yeah. Morris. Uh, mm -hmm. We have time. Yeah. I I I think when. Gemara is saying a couple of lines ago is the other way around from what I've heard from you. I thought what I thought I heard. Okay. Ben mm. your grandson from your daughter from a non-Jewish father is called your son. Non-Jewish father, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. From the non-Jewish father. You did hear me read it incorrectly. Yeah. I. I. I um, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, that's the that's the problem without having vowels sometimes, and you try to read quickly. I I, I was thinking as I was reading it, am I reading this wrong? Thank you, Doctor Yaffe. Okay. Well, it's, ben, it's actually Ben Yeah, that's right. Thank yeah. you. I'm always open to corrections, by the way, especially <laughs> the yeah. Um, but okay. So at any rate, um, but so that's what that's how we're explaining the psukim. So Gemara has a question. Hahu b'shiva umus. This verse that we're talking about a non-Jewish woman is not talking about any non-Jewish woman. It's talking about the super-duper seven nations um, that were so bad. Um, those nations were like totally into idolatry, more so than other people. They did human sacrifice. Um, they were the worst, those seven nations. That's why they had to be wiped out. Maybe it's only those goyim that create a non-Jewish child because they are... The, the, those are the worst of the worst. Uh, but maybe, you know, some goyim are not so bad. They Jewish, maybe it, 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 the mother isn't, wouldn't create a non a total non-Jew. So but isn't that Pusik only by the Shiva goyim? The Shiva goyim. Shar umos manel. And how do you know even the other ones that are maybe not as bad as the seven nations? So the Morris says, Omakrak, he yasser is binka, l'rabbas kolamasirim. It says anybody that's going to take away your child that's raised in a totally different uh, religion and doesn't have those sensitivities, any, any, not just the seven nations, but any mother that's not Jewish from any of the, um, uh, actually, or any father, uh, would, uh, would take them away. Uh, basically, we're saying that it includes all the goyim, not just the seven. So this works 
only like uh, if you um, if you say that's the reason that the child is taken away because he's he's raised with a non-Jewish parent. So that only works if you go with reasons. But according to Rabbanan, who don't learn Taib the Kra, how would you know to include the other nations? So my time, how do we know it? So we're looking for a source that a um, uh, other nations, other nations, other non-Jewish women besides the seven nations, you can't marry. So he says, it says by um, uh, uh, by the Yafas um, Torah, by taking a woman in marriage uh, in battle. Yeah. He he says he learns the reason of the verse and he uses that to explain it. He uses reasons. Dar's time in the cry. He explains the reasons of the psukim. So if the reason of the pasuk is with a non-Jewish parent that the child will uh, go away from Hashem because he'll, he'll follow the non-Jewish parent, that would apply even to non-the seven nations. It would apply to any 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 child that's raised with a, a non-Jewish parent. So, but um, Rav Shimon's going to come up in a few places. Most people would say it's not up to us to say the reason. <laughs> and so certainly we couldn't use that as a way of interpreting the verses. But Rav Shimon, who uses that as the reason, so he, he so when it comes to include things, he includes even other. Uh, but if you if you don't use if you don't you don't say that's a reason you don't use the reason as part of the drasha, so then how you need a totally new source that any of the um, non-Jews, the child wouldn't be considered Jewish. So how do you know? Otherwise, because the verse that we brought was only by the seven. So uh, the verse that the Gemara wants to bring is by the Yafas Torah. The Yafas Torah is an exception to the rule. The, if you happen to the Torah for the soldiers, the Torah allows, so some people learn that this is a specific heter for war, that uh, in war things are, uh, people are away from their wives for months and months and months, and they don't eat and they don't sleep, and their best friends are being killed, and their emotions are just, uh, 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 and uh, they're killing people, and, uh, and all of a sudden there's this beautiful woman, and, and it's really, um, you, it to, uh, you, uh, the Torah is saying under those circumstances there are certain things that are allowed, and he's allowed to take the wife and, the hope is that by the time he gets her home, he'll realize that it's not a good shidduch. It's not a way to do it. So oh, it says specifically there, if he does all of those things, then he can marry her. Miklau, that implies that if he doesn't bring her home and convert her and everything, the lotos to make a So you see that, uh, um, uh, that uh, the average uh, non-Jewish woman, even not from the seven nations, you couldn't marry. So Gemara said, Ashkenaz, lotos to make all right, you can't marry them, but how do you know that the child that you have from a non-Jewish woman won't be like Kamosa, be like her? How do you know that? It says the children will be hers. Um, I'm sorry, the children will be his. This is if you marry her and convert her and, and make her your, your wife. If you take her and marry her and convert her and bring her in, so then, then it's called being born to you. But if you take her and you don't convert her and you don't marry her and you just have relations with a non-Jewish woman, if you don't read you don't marry her, then the kids won't be yours. Why would you think otherwise? 
It's today, because today we know that already. <laughs> but uh, the, the more is really asking, well, how do you know if you marry a non-Jewish woman? It's got a Jewish father. How do you know that it's... Uh, so it's only when you convert her and take her in that they're born to you. But if she's still... If the mother is still non-Jewish and doesn't convert and doesn't accept our, our way of life, then the child, as much as the father wants, it's not going not gonna to carry the day. So that, yes, 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 yes. Uh, um, there is, uh, some people say that even, if the, even though the child's not Jewish, he's of Jewish descent. And uh, so that some people feel there's a mitzvah of Kirov, that if there's some Jewish blood, that there's a... There's a chance, you know, that, I mean, there, there, that uh, there's a spark there. That's a, but there's no question that uh, the vast majority of them are, are, are turned away. So the Morris says, It's also intuitive because, uh, you know, it's the mother that inculcates the, the core, core beliefs of a, of a child. And if she's not Jewish, then she's not going to she's not going to start him off with the right messages. Mm -hmm. So he's like lost from the get-go. Um, whereas, uh, whereas if the mother is Jewish and the father's not, the, the messages are there, and, it, and he'll hook them up. So you're darshaning time in the crowd, but that's correct. In other words, you're saying the log yeah. there's a logic behind it. Like Rev Shem, right. That's right. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it is intuitive like that. Okay. So then the Gemara says, Yihachi Shifka Nami. Um, if that's true, so we could learn out if you marry a maidservant that the child will be a slave, a servant also. So, and that's fine. The says, you're right. You're absolutely right. We, we were trying to find out how do you know if you marry a non-Jewish woman, the child's non-Jewish. Once we have that, so if you marry a, a, a maidservant, of course the child will be a maidservant, will be a servant. So now that we have that, it comes out we no longer need the teaching for the maidservant. So what are we going to do with that? What are we going to use that for? It, it, in other words, we found such a good Russia now that to understand that an, uh, not, the mother's not Jewish, the child isn't, so we no longer need the drusha by the maidservant to tell you the child isn't Jewish. So what are we going to do with that pasuk by the maidservant? So Lumar says, look at it, Tanya. We can use that for the following, and we'll find out uh, tomorrow, Mertesham. Okay, have a great day, everybody.